having a community around you that understands what you're going through and just have somebody else go, hey, I was there. Right. This is how bad it got for me. This is the things that I did to get out of that hole. Let me help you dig out. Hello and welcome to the Finding Idaho podcast, where we dive into the Boise real estate market, bring in small businesses, and just talk about Idaho life in general. Today, we've got Jared Webb with us. How you doing, Jared? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. So uh, we are going to delve into a little bit more sensitive topic uh, this time around than what we're used to. Uh, but Jared's doing some really incredible things here in the Treasure Valley. Um, and so I want to take some time to just talk about what he's doing, um, how we can support him as a community. So, uh, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, give us a little background on your story here. Okay. The brief Reader's Digest version. I uh, I grew up here in Idaho about three hours away from Boise in a small town. Um, had a little bit of childhood trauma with a you know, stepdad that was abusive, but um, got through all that, ended up joining the Marine Corps at 18, um, spent four years in the Marine Corps. I did a year of that in Japan, but didn't see any combat. Mm-hmm. Um, got out of the Marine Corps, moved back to Idaho. Um, I was also married at the time to a high school sweetheart. Um, we're still married today. Moved back to Idaho and started going to college to be a lawyer. Part of that led me into uh, the police officer's standards and training program at mm-hmm. the College of Southern Idaho in Twin Falls, and I just gave up on the law school thing and started to be a cop full-time. I got hired sure. with a local agency down there. Um, so I did three years down in the Twin Falls area and then moved up to Nampa in 2005, started working for Nampa Police, which I worked for for 13 more years. Mm-hmm. The last six or seven of those years, I had four shoulder surgeries in my neck fused and got addicted to opiate pain medication. Mm. And anybody who's been through that or knows somebody who's been through that, it changed who I was as a person. Um, You know, honesty and integrity, all that went away in lieu of getting more pills, you know, and supporting that habit. So um, luckily I was fortunate enough by the grace of God. um, I, Fraudulently submitted a refill request, reported mm-hmm. med stolen when they weren't to deal with some emotional stuff that was going on. Um, my oldest uh, son, who's a teenager at the time, um, had a suicide attempt um, where he'd barricaded himself in his bedroom with my service pistol. And I was so mentally checked out and not the father or husband that I should have been. Right. Um, I kind of left my wife to deal with that on her own. Um, I was able to get the pistol away from him, but I couldn't deal with the emotions and all that that was going on. Um, Everything just was was transformed into anger. Mm -hmm. So the next morning I called, reported my meds stolen, went and got them refilled. And again, by the grace of God, um, a detective answered that call instead of just a road deputy that might have sent that report to file. Did some investigating, found out that I was lying, contacted my department. I ended up getting arrested in my own department and transported wow. to my own jail. Um, by the time I – I mean, literally, I was in jail for uh, all of about 15 minutes mm-hmm. just because of where I worked. They didn't want me in there with everyone else, so I bonded out real quick. Mm-hmm. They got me out of there. So I didn't really get the full jail experience, but sure. – but it's a I, humbling enough experience as it is. Absolutely. Sure. So, like, my whole life turned upside down. I lost yeah. the hat. I lost my house. I lost, you know, my career, um, my good name. Like, all that went away. And, and I contemplated suicide for a while. Um, got a call from a from a very dear friend um, that owned an HVAC company, and he 
that moment of him reaching out to me and saying, hey, what can I do to help? Do you need a job? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever I can do to help get you out of this was the catalyst for me to, to go, it's not the end of my life. It's just the end of that chapter. Right. And I got to turn this around. I, it's destroying everything about me. Um, and so that's what I did. And luckily, I was accepted into Veterans Treatment Court in Ada County. Nice. Um, I did 20 months of Veterans Treatment Court. Through that process, I had – they kind of taught me to rethink that alcohol and drugs weren't my problem. Mm-hmm. My brain was my problem. All the traumatic experiences that I'd been through on the job had kind of reprogrammed my brain and how I saw the world and how I interacted with it. And then uh, when opiates came um, into the picture, I was able to just numb everything out. Right. No emotion. I didn't need to feel anything anymore. It's made It made doing the actual job and going to that traumatic stuff easier, but it destroyed every other aspect of my life. Yeah. So I was lucky enough that – um, I woke up in veterans treatment court and I just, I was like, I'll do whatever it is that you tell me how to do. I don't know how to, I don't know how to fix this on my own. So you mm-hmm. tell me what to do. I was surrounded by, um, a, by a bunch of other veterans that were going through the same thing. Um, so I had kind of a community to lean against. Right. So that, that turned things around for me. Also, you know, that friend of mine, um, was literally training me how to fix things in mm-hmm. HVAC stuff and, and driving me around and paying me to learn so mm-hmm. that I didn't get any deeper into the hole that I had right. dug for myself. Um, and that was a godsend. Uh, so I turned all that around, ended up, uh, meeting, uh, another veteran who was in the program. His name was Brent Rowe. And he, we kind of clicked talking about, well, we clicked, first of all, just kind of our stories, but um, he was really into coffee. Mm-hmm. And the only coffee that I'd ever drank was like Folgers. Right. Right. So I'm like, I don't I don't see what the big deal is. I don't know why you're all excited <laughs> about coffee. Like, Oh, I can relate. For yes. sure. So, but then he's like, well, you've never had real coffee. And right. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, then he. I then, like this guy. Yeah. Right. And then, <laughs> so then he actually roasted some coffee and I tried it. I was like, oh my Lord, that's good stuff. We should, you could sell this. Right. And he's like, yeah, I used to do that before I wound up here. <laughs> right. And so that's part of his story too. But um, we decided that um, he was going to roast the coffee and uh, we'd start a business, start another business. Only this time, instead of doing it as like, a, you know, try to make money for profit, we're going to take the money that we can make from selling this great coffee and give it back to the community of vets and first mm-hmm. responders that are suffering from PTSD or those that may not even know they're suffering from PTSD. Right. Um, and so Zero Dark 30 Coffee was born, and, and that's kind of how we got our start. Nice. Yeah. So That is awesome. Yeah, so like a complete 180 mm-hmm. from uh, – man, if you – if you had asked me four years ago where I thought I'd be today, it would not be selling coffee. I'll tell you that <laughs> for sure. So so you're selling this coffee and then proceeds from that end up going to helping people, veterans or or first responders that are dealing with PTSD issues or, or similar issues that – Yeah, absolutely. That with. Absolutely. So it's kind of uh, going through it. Um, and deal, I'm still dealing with some of it today. I mean, I'm learning how to cope, sure. but I still have the blow ups and, you know, the uncontrollable rage sometimes. Mm. I, 
today I know where to, f- I can focus it at a different place. Right. So, you know, it's not all landing on my wife and kids and sure. they don't understand what the heck's going on. Um, but also education helps with that too. So they understand it, but it's getting better. Um, but the big thing is having, having a community around you that understands what you're going through mm-hmm. and just have somebody else go, Hey, I was there. Right. This is how bad it got for me. This is the things that I did to get out of that hole. Let me help you dig out. Right. That's what it took for me to get out. So we want to take we so what we do is we find those local small 501c3 charities where nobody's trying to get rich. Right. Nobody's pockets are being lined. They're literally doing the boots on the ground, either one-on-one or small group work with vets and first responders right. to try to try to get rid of that. Um the stigma and get people at least engaged in some kind of PTSD recovery. Right. So because I mean for years, I if you'd have told if you'd have asked me what PTSD was six years ago, I'd have told you it's some homeless veteran living <laughs> underneath a bridge, sucking his thumb, who hasn't bathed in three weeks because he's scared of society. Mm-hmm. That's not PTSD. Right. It's just not But that's what a lot of people end up thinking, you know, in that respect yeah. uh, you know too and and it's you know i think i think half the people don't even know what ptsd necessarily stands for so what does ptsd stand for so it's post traumatic stress disorder so here's this is the be- this is the easiest way that it was explained to me mm-hmm. and this is kind of how ptsd uh manifests for me sometimes is if i walk into a room or a house that I've never been into before. And the layout, the furniture layout, or an odor, or a noise, or something in that room is similar to a room I was in before where a traumatic event happened, be it an armed confrontation or, you know, the, a, a horrific crime scene, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your brain automatically lets you know, hey, it's about it's about to go down. Prepare yourself. And then you get flooded with this fight or flight response sure if you're in your own kitchen you know or you're in you know at a family barbecue all that all of that energy and that i'm ready for a fight is just we're so used to transforming that to anger and using it mm-hmm. especially in combat situations sure where that's what happens you throw it all into anger and then whoever's in that room is going to catch the brunt of it mm-hmm. They may not have done anything wrong, and it may not have been something that would actually have made you angry before. Sure. But now you're all amped up, and it's got to go somewhere. And it may be your wife and kids that are exactly. dealing with the brunt of it. Yes. Sure. That's typically how it goes, and they don't understand what's going on because they didn't do anything. Right. Um, and, That's and just we all of a sudden mad. Yeah, he's just angry, right. super angry. And, and we don't apologize because that would be weakness as well. Mm. So then it just amplifies and compounds. And so for me, like – I can recognize when that happens to me now. Like I get uncontrollable rage and then there's no reason for it. And right. it's not just – I can focus that somewhere else or I can get out of the room, remove myself from the situation, go for a run, try to get it out of me that way. The other thing is sometimes it still it still blows up. Like sometimes I can't stop it and mm-hmm. I don't see it coming right away. But what I can do today that I couldn't do before is I can apologize and make amends and explain it. Sure. Which – basically is the secret to, you know, getting through all that stuff, right, right. you know, you gotta, you've got to be okay being vulnerable again, right? which right. 
I mean, even like career military guys, guys that have been cops for a long time, like that's trained out of you. Yeah. Like we don't show weakness, period. Well, and as men in general, I think we tend to err on that side of of not, you know, and yet, you know, I mean, even for me, without any experience with PTSD in that sense, um, you know, obviously I make mistakes all the time. And, you know, it's it's critical, I think, as as dads, especially, you know, and husbands to be able to come and and apologize and own up to those mistakes, you know, and, and I know my kids are always ready and, and willing to forgive. You yeah. know, I mean, they're, they're super uh, forgiving. Absolutely. And yet, you know, it's, it's super crucial, I think, for yeah. us in any state. But, you know, I'm, I would imagine uh, even more so difficult in that situation. You know, like you say, with the, the vets and the cops, you know, that in a lot of ways is trained out. And, uh, yeah. and we see that sometimes, you know, we see that behavior, but we don't always understand right. where that's coming from. Right. Which is bringing awareness to it and, and, uh, and crushing that stigma of it being a bad thing mm-hmm. is kind of the first step in, I think, reducing that 22, mm-hmm. that number 22, 22 vets commit suicide every day in the wow. United States. And when you add first responders on top of that, almost doubles. That's crazy. So uh, that's kind of part of our mission too, is mm-hmm. to reduce that number if we can. Well, and and I don't know about you know the rest of people, but I I know for me, I've always thought of PTSD as you know certainly being something that our our vets you know are often dealing with. Um, you know, I don't always think of first responders in that, and right. yet lately, at least personally in my life, um, you know, I've heard multiple stories and and scenarios uh, very recently where. Uh, people that are close to us or, or you know, uh, very f- close down the road, uh, you know, are just dealing with these major issues that, uh, you know, are arising. And I, I think about that and I, I can't imagine seeing half the stuff you've seen. You know, I, I'm guessing, you know. I, oh, yeah. I mean, we haven't, we haven't talked about any of these stories or anything, right. but I, I can imagine what yeah. things you've seen and you, you hear news stories and you think about, these cops or these, uh, you know, paramedics or whatever, being these first responders coming on and, and witnessing some of these horrific crime scenes. And that's that's a different level that, you know, most of us, frankly, aren't built for, uh, you know. Exactly. I don't, well, I don't think – I think the only people that are actually built to handle that all the time are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we spend – that was part of the problem that led to PTSD was stuffing the emotion. Like I would, mm-hmm. that negative or weak emotion, like we're just going to stuff it. Like I'm not going to talk about it. It's just going to go away. Right. Gonna compartmentalize it and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And you can only stuff it for so long. Like eventually it comes out. It's right. just how you want it to come out <laughs> as an explosion. Or sure. are we going to let off a little bit of that pressure a little bit at a time? Right. Which is, which is something that we don't do good enough here in the United States, and I know especially in in this state of giving our first responders the the place the the situation the place to do that mm. like it's just not acceptable sure this is not um I, there was no way I was ever going to admit while I was on the job that I had any kind of mental problem at all no kind of PTSD. that was not happening right like no way that's not me. Um, and thus it had to get to a point where you eventually had to be arrested. Yep. And so my, my, uh, my wake up call was in handcuffs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I got to see both sides of the, 
of the process. <laughs> so, not a not a fun way to figure that out. No, but, it was uh, not. It was not. No. Okay, so people that are dealing with with PTSD, you know, um, how do they how do they get involved with what you're doing? How do they get some help? So we have uh, we have the coffee company, mm-hmm. um, and then we have the Zero Dark Thirty Coffee Foundation, which is a five hundred one c five hundred one c three nonprofit. So we funnel our proceeds into that, and then those those that funds. Well, another thing that we do is we research other small charities mm-hmm. um, that are dealing with PTSD specifically. So I'll go check them out, um, find out you know how how much of the money are you using for you and how much of the money are you using for actually benefiting, helping people. Helping people. Sure. And we find those that nobody's trying to get rich. Um, now, obviously, it does cost money to do these things. Sure. But it doesn't cost an exorbitant amount of money. Right. So we find these charities that are doing good work and their overhead is really low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also talk to guys that have been through it. Like you went and spent time. One of them that we deal with a lot is Homeward for Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is they'll pluck veterans out of wherever they live, anywhere in the United States, fly them to wherever they're doing what they call a trek, which is they'll load up in these off-road vehicles and go across the you know the Moab for 10 days. Sure. And then at nights they're having you know campfire therapy sessions with sure. a bunch of vets, guys who have, are at different stages of – dealing with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to some of the guys that have been through that program, we get enough of them that say that saved my life. Yeah. Well, that that's where our money needs to go. They need more help, you know? So instead of them bringing in, you know, 10 guys for a trek, we feed them money from coffee sales. Now they can bring in 20 guys for a trek. Nice. So that's kind of where we focus our money. The other thing is if somebody's out there and they're really struggling and they have nowhere to turn, they don't know what, where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I put my phone number on the back of every single coffee bag we sell, my personal cell phone number. If somebody's struggling that bad, they can call me. It's also on our website, zerodark30.com or zerodark30coffee.com. My phone number's on there as well. And I actually field those calls all day as well. Mm -hmm. And if I can't help you myself, I can dang sure put you in contact with somebody who can help you. Um, Because I, I do work with those other charities, so I know which ones work. Which ones can take? Like, there's a guy that uh, came to the last charity event we did um, with the Taylor Foundation, um, and I immediately – it was like three weeks. Three weeks after that event, we hooked him up with Homeward for Heroes, and now him and his wife are going on a trek. Nice. So, I mean, it's pretty – we can get you some help pretty quickly. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not an overnight thing, but in the meantime, I can talk to you. Right. There's several other guys that just have never reached out to anybody that I'm talking to now, you know, mm-hmm. daily, either daily text messages or phone calls. Sure. And just just the fact that you know you're not – that's Jared. Jared's the, the guy that went on – he's going on the truck with Homer for Heroes. Um, but he's, he called himself a unicorn. He thought it was a unicorn. <laughs> You're not that special. Right. You're not that special. You're not a unicorn. There's a whole bunch of us out there. Right. So that's kind of the big thing is find a new community that actually understands what you've been through and what you're going through. Which is huge. I imagine just getting that support and understanding that there's others that are dealing with it. And, you know, and it isn't that crazy of a thing. Right. And it's not your fault. Right. It's not your fault that you didn't do anything to cause this to happen to you. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you did to cause this to happen to you is you decided to run towards danger instead of away from it. Mm-hmm. And we need – Which we need people that are willing we, to do that. We need you. <laughs> You're important. Yes. So 
we definitely like it's not your fault. There is there is a way out. It's mm-hmm. not bad all the time. My life today is better than it was before I ever eat, touched an opiate. Nice. <laughs> Which, if you'd have asked me, you know, what what is your like? What's your life going to turn out to be like? Like I'm going to retire from some department, hopefully mm-hmm. somewhere in an admin position, and and be good to go. N- no way. Not no happy. way. No yeah. way. Happiness <laughs> for me was getting away from that. You know, and sometimes that's the other thing is with our first responders, you're. St- you're kind of, and sometimes the military too, the vets. You're you're stuck once you hit. Well, just take the military for example. Once you hit twelve years, well now now you're you're pot committed, right? Mm-hmm. So like I got to get my twenty, or I just went like threw away twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and then for cops, this is the kind of the same thing. And like there's places like you know California, um, Washington, where they'll have a twenty year and out mm-hmm. retirement. Well, we don't have that here. It's a rule of eighty retirement, which right. means. It's a lot more years. It was like 32 years I'd had to work to retire or something. Mm-hmm. That's a that's 12 more years of trauma you're going through. Yeah. So for me, like, and I was trapped. I had a mortgage. Like, I had car payments. I had kids, you know, wife, bills that were coming in. Like, I had no other skills. What was I going to do? Right. I was stuck there. If I hadn't got arrested, I probably would have, I probably would have burned out and ate mm-hmm. a bullet at some point. Yeah. Mm. The other sad thing is, a lot of the vets that I'm talking, the combat vets that I talk to is they've lost more guys to suicide in their units than they did in combat. So right. that's scary. That's very scary. And sad mm-hmm. that we can't help those guys when they come back, reintegrate. Right. Um, yeah. So it's very, very important to have that community around you, just a new tribe, you yeah, know, that absolutely. understands you, knows who you are and what you're doing. So yeah, absolutely. And the coffee, the coffee that, that, uh, Brent spent 20 years perfecting these nice. coffee roasts. So, uh-huh. I mean, the coffee is amazing. Okay. So, speaking of the coffee, because coffee, you know, any of my listeners know I'm very much into coffee. <laughs> it's um, our kind of people. You'll find me at coffee shops pretty regularly. And I, and I am always trying to, um, you know, support local roasters, local coffee shops, and things that way. Um, so, where do people find Zero Dark 30 coffee? So, so right now, the easiest way to get coffee from us is to order online mm-hmm. at zerodark30coffee.com. You place an order. If you live here in the valley, I deliver either me or my wife or one of my little offspring is going to deliver the coffee nice. for free to your door. I like it. Yeah. So um, so we do that. That's the easiest way to get it. Um, we're also in – at the moment, we're in Independence Indoor Shooting. Mm-hmm. They have our coffee in there for sale. And we just um, – very soon, I'm hoping very soon – um, we'll be landing in some other stores like DMB. Okay. Um, and then in July or August ish, um, our new building will be completed, and then we'll nice. we will actually have a brick and mortar place where you could come and get Ooh-hoo. coffee, and we'll roast in there and have an office. Right. And so yeah, absolutely. The community has been amazing. Nice helping me out and everything. So so whereabouts is that building located? That building will be it's in uh, it's in Meridian. Um, off of Franklin, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I've been by there one time. Nice. And that was early this morning, so I don't remember exactly <laughs> where it's at. And it's not finished. I mean, they're literally constructing it right now. So. Right. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. So we're excited about that, too. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So, And then we deliver. It's $5.50 for shipping anywhere in the U.S. Okay. if you live outside the valley. Perfect. So Perfect. Okay, so C- zerodark30coffee.com. Dot com. So people yep. can get on there. They can order coffee, and they can also get 
your information uh, to get a hold of you if they need absolutely anything, uh, any help in that sense. Yep. Um, do you guys have? I mean, so just to clarify and uh, make sure people are are catching this, but you have essentially two separate businesses. Yes. The one that is a for profit yes. coffee yeah. business, and then the proceeds from that feed the the five hundred one c three nonprofit. The difference between us and any other coffee company is. Nobody here is getting rich. Mm-hmm. We're not pocketing the money. In fact, our books are open. Nice. As a private-owned company, our books are open. So if you want to know how much money we're actually giving to charities out of what we make, it's all open. Love it. We will tell everybody this is what we're doing with the money. Sure. At this point right now, my wife is working full-time and paying our bills while I do the coffee company. Because apparently us you have to keep paying the bills. They, they they get upset when you don't. I don't understand. Like to send nasty grams to your house. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So, so yeah, uh, we are a for-profit technically, but – On the coffee side. On the coffee side. Sure. And then the foundation side, we're not. So And because of that, then on the foundation side, if somebody wanted to – uh, make a donation, you're able to do that and it could still be a tax deductible Absolutely. donation. Yep. Just to make, make sure people understand that, that if they want to, you know, yeah, do it, something that way, they're, they're able to do that. Yes. That it's just, I got to fix, I got to put up, uh, I got to put a place on the website to donate directly to the foundation. I haven't mm-hmm. got that on there yet. So if you're looking for a tax deductible donation where you want a receipt so you can write it off, sure. call me. Okay. We'll do that on the side until I Make can. Make sure people can yes. get that. Otherwise, if you do the donation tab on the – we have a donation tab on the actual um, company site too. But mm-hmm. that goes to the for-profit and we can't write you off for right. that one. With so, that one. Yeah. And Makes usually, sense. typically those we get people who who don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but they want to support the cause. Who doesn't drink coffee? There's a couple people. You That's, know what it is? It's people that don't know what real coffee tastes like. That's, that's right. It was They're me like, no, before I started. The, yeah, right? I'm like, I'm not paying for that. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Okay. Just on the coffee side, we only use Arabica beans. We nice. don't use Robusta beans at all. Mm-hmm. So they're more flavorful. The difference, if if you don't know the difference, which I didn't before I started this whole thing, but I'm learning at light speed about coffee. Um, but Robusta trees are pretty hardy. Mm-hmm. You can plant it, walk away, and then come back, harvest the beans. Where right. Arabica beans, you kind of got a baby a little bit, sure. but the flavor is so much better, mm-hmm. and they're so much they're they're more they're about four times the cost, mm. but it's worth it, right? Which is why our coffee's not you know the the six dollar Folgers price, sure. So you're you're gonna pay for it, but it's worth it's every worth penny. every penny. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Certainly uh, appreciate what you're doing here in the valley and uh, and doing for for veterans and first responders and you know it's it's awesome to see people out there you know working um, to really benefit these men and women that are that are struggling and you know I'm I think it's encouraging you know to just hear your story and you know kind of how like you say just that uh, you know God's grace and in just bringing you into those things because you know sometimes at the time of course it just it, looks and seems terrible you know yeah. i can't even imagine the the humiliation of being arrested in you know your own jail and yeah that, um bond. what a great thing you know it's, yeah uh, yeah and bonding awesome. out and seeing your own booking photo all over the news that, right yeah that's a lot of fun I bet that's don't fun. try that at home <laughs> yeah yes yes so anybody that is struggling 
let's let's get you help before yes, it comes to absolutely that. there is a yes, way out we I can we can help you yes absolutely sure. all right man well hey thanks for coming on thanks for and, having uh, me look forward to seeing you around and and trying some of this coffee absolutely so we'll, we'll get you some all right man. all right uh-huh. bye